Hello, I'm Daniel Davis, and this is the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This week, we are on Unit 21, Session 4, titled Faith in the Messiah, which is focused on the doctrine of faith. Over the course of this unit, we've seen people reject the Messiah, be amazed by the Messiah's teachings and miracles, and obey the Messiah. And through it all, we can see that how people responded to Jesus was a matter of faith. Either they didn't have faith and so rejected him, or they had faith and went to him and obeyed him. True discipleship in action involves obedience to Jesus Christ, confession of our sinfulness, and a desire to follow Jesus, leaving all else behind. Simon Peter and the other disciples did just that. They demonstrated true faith in the person of Jesus, obeying the call to follow him. In this session, we are still on the topic of faith, but now we move to some of the letters of Jesus' disciples to learn about what faith truly is as taught to the early church. As a quick statement of the point of this session, we will see that faith in Christ is the only means of salvation and relationship with God. In point one, the Apostle Paul teaches us that faith in Christ changes a person's standing before God. For this point, we jump into the middle of Paul's letter to the believers in the church in Rome. Chapter 5, verses 1-2 through teach us that because we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus. Only through faith in Jesus are we able to stand covered by the grace of God. A brief run of the context of this passage in the letter should be helpful for your group to understand Paul's point even more. In Romans 1-3, through Paul lays out the reality that all of humanity stands condemned before God on account of sin. He makes this point by indicting Gentiles first. Even though they do not have the law of God, they still violate their conscience and rebel against the God who created the world and made himself known within it. But even though the Jews have the law, they too stand condemned because they themselves don't keep the law. As Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And as Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. We all stand condemned and deserving of death for our sin. But Romans 3.24-26 goes on to say that God will justify freely both Jews and Gentiles so long as they have faith in Jesus Christ, who died on the cross as the sacrifice for our sin and rose from the dead. As the sidebar on leader page 154 states, To be justified is to be objectively declared righteous before God, based on the righteousness of Christ's atoning death. This gracious declaration of God cannot be earned on the basis of works, because we can never meet the level of God's perfect glory. Nor could we ever do enough good works to offset even one sinful offense against the infinite holy God. But God's heart is to grant justification and salvation as a gift on the basis of faith in His Son, Jesus. So, by faith in Jesus, we receive peace with God, the grace of God, and the opportunity to boast, not in ourselves, but in the hope of the glory of God, which we fall short of on our own. In point two, the author of the book of Hebrews teaches us that faith in Christ changes a person's relationship with God. Romans 5 taught us that justification is by faith. This is echoed and exemplified in Hebrews 11, 
popularly known as the Bible's Hall of Faith. In our sin, we stand condemned before the Holy God. Romans 5.10 describes us in our sin as being enemies of God. But by God's grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, we become people approved by God. No longer enemies, but adopted sons and daughters. And what's more, by faith, we become people who can please God and be rewarded by Him. It is certain that faith impacts the things we do. But Scripture is clear that we are justified by faith in Jesus Christ, not by the works that we do by faith. Saving faith is believing in the God of the Bible, who has revealed Himself to us perfectly in Jesus, the Son of God, even though we can't see Him. In the words of Hebrews 6, we cannot draw near to God or seek Him unless we have faith that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. So, faith changes a person's relationship with God, because without faith, it is impossible to have a relationship with Him in the first place. In point three, the Apostle James, the half-brother of Jesus and the leader of the Jerusalem church, teaches us that faith in Christ changes a person's actions for God. A moment ago, I said that Scripture is clear that we are justified by faith in Jesus Christ, not by the works we do by faith. But then we come to James 2, 14-26, and in verse 21, James says Abraham was justified by works. And again in verse 24, he says, You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And then again in verse 25, he says Rahab the prostitute was justified by works. So what's the deal? Were Paul and James at odds with one another? Did they preach different gospels? No. Galatians 2 and Acts 15 bear witness to the unity between Paul, James, and the apostles regarding the gospel as being saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. So again, what is James doing here in chapter 2 of his letter? He's addressing a different problem than the one Paul addressed in Romans. And he's making a different point than the one that the author of Hebrews was making in Hebrews 11. James was seeing the problem of a professed faith, but not a real living faith. In other words, not a saving faith. James makes it crystal clear that works of faith are necessary to justify the existence of saving faith within a person. So, James isn't contradicting that we are justified by faith, but going a step further to say that our saving faith will necessarily lead to good works. Otherwise, our faith isn't real. It is a dead faith that cannot save. We shouldn't look at Paul and James as contradicting one another, but rather as complementing one another. In Romans 12, Paul gives believers a number of commands about how they ought to act and behave, but he grounds those in the believer's faith in the mercies of God as revealed in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is what James is doing. A believer who understands the gospel and has faith in the Lord Jesus Christ will care for the needs of impoverished brothers and sisters instead of paying them lip service for their food and clothing. One last thing I'd like to point out. I love the way this passage brings together two pinnacle examples of faith, who, incidentally, are also mentioned together in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11. First, James highlights Abraham, and no wonder. Abraham was the father of the Hebrews, the faithful ancestor of the Jews. God spoke to him and he believed, uprooting his family to travel to a foreign land 
with the expectation of receiving that land and being given children to inherit it. And he did all of this while he was an old man and his wife was an old woman. Though he had many ups and downs in his obedience, he remained faithful to the God who called him, and he received the promised son, Isaac, when he was 100 years old. And later, God commanded Abraham to sacrifice his son on an altar. Abraham obeyed this command right up to the point of plunging a knife into his son before the Lord stopped him. This was faith working itself out in his actions. Hebrews 11 makes it clear that Abraham obeyed this command because he had resurrection faith, believing the Lord would raise from the dead this son the Lord had promised to him. That's Abraham, the hero of the Jews. But then James highlights Rahab the prostitute. Here were two people who could not be more different from one another, a man and a woman, a hero and a prostitute, the father of the Hebrews and a pagan Gentile from the city of Jericho. But they both had saving faith in the one true God that worked itself out in their actions. For Rahab, this action was hiding Joshua's spies to protect them from the king of Jericho. And why did she do this? In her own words in Joshua 2, 9-11, she had faith in the God of the Israelites. She said, I know that the Lord has given you this land, and that the terror of you has fallen on us, and everyone who lives in the land is panicking because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings you completely destroyed across the Jordan. When we heard this, we lost heart, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. She heard the stories of what God had done for the Israelites, even the parting of the Red Sea forty years earlier, and she believed them to the point of aligning herself with the people of Israel instead of the people of her city. She had faith, and the Lord saved her from the destruction He brought upon the pagan people of Jericho. Not only that, He brought her into His people Israel, such that she married Salmon and became a part of the family tree that led to David and ultimately Jesus. What amazing grace it is that God saves sinners of every stripe when they have faith in Him. Salvation is a free gift of God that comes only through faith in Jesus Christ. Through His sinless life, death, and resurrection, Jesus did all that is necessary, all that is needed, to provide salvation for all who place faith in Him, whether they be Jew or Gentile, male or female, slave or free. Because God has provided salvation from sin through faith in Jesus Christ, we believers should seek to live out that faith, showing the watching world the difference the gospel makes. Spurred on by this faith, may we boldly proclaim this gospel and back it up with our actions so that sinners may hear the good news of Jesus, have faith in Him, and be saved. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.